Acts 6 1-7, 1 Peter 2 4-9, John 14 1-12. The word we have today zooms in on the church. All the readings give us different aspects of the church. I would like to take a moment to reflect on each of them and will provide one point of action for them. First, in the book of Acts, we find a vibrant church that is growing quickly. Very quickly. Which is usually a recipe for trouble. Trouble follows, between the Greek-speaking Christians and the Jewish Christians. The Greeks believe their widows are being neglected in the distribution of food. Here we see the church doing from the beginning what it is meant to do, acting in charity, taking care of the poor and vulnerable, and also having to deal with politics and mismanagement. And it's great that the Bible doesn't shy away from it. The sacred author could have spoken of the miracles, the fellowship and quick growth of the church and omitted their problems. Wouldn't that be a convincing picture of the church's divine origin? Yet, he doesn't. He lays it out for us to see. Because it is in the reality of these struggles, the brokenness, and even sinfulness of the people redeemed by Christ, that God's Spirit works, to transform us into Christ's image. The apostles listen to the complaint. They don't deny it, they don't spiritualize it by telling them to simply pray or even try to solve it themselves. Their calling is to preach the Word of God which cannot be hindered, and bad administration will hinder it. They appoint godly men, capable of administering the needs of the church. The result? The church is united and continues to grow. So, the first point. The church has secular as well as sacred ministries all of which are important for its growth. What gifts do we have? Are we using them for the building of God's kingdom? The kingdom of God is bigger than the church, certainly bigger than the parish, but have we ever asked God, if there is something He is calling us to do for His kingdom, with our gifts? In the second reading, Peter speaks of being built up as living stones into a spiritual house, offering spiritual sacrifices to God. He's talking about the temple of course. That majestic structure, at the heart of Jerusalem would have been the pride and source of comfort for every Israelite. It was the place of sacrifice and prayer for Israel and for the whole world. Peter says, Now, you have become that temple offering these sacrifices. We cannot be Christian without our works of charity, but we don't have to be Christian to do works of charity. To be Christian means I have the privilege of standing before God for the needs of those around me, indeed for the whole world. It is what it means to share the priesthood of Christ through my baptism. In my place of work, among my friends, in the playground, the joys and hopes, needs and sufferings, of others impinge on me. And God wills to heal the world's ailments through the prayers and offerings of His people. The second point. Do we pray for the needs of the world and our neighbor we come across in our daily life? There is another part to the image of living stones. The temple stones coming together around one foundation, were what constituted the house of God. It was visible to all, stable and united. If one stone was missing, the structure would not be uniform. We are meant to be one body, one family, as we come together offering these spiritual sacrifices of our lives. How united are we in our fellowship? Will people outside recognize us as one body, one family in a parish? Catholics are great at going to the same Mass every week, sit in the same pew and exchange the sign of peace with often the same people, yet never get to know who they were. Yet, Jesus said, It is by your love for each other, that the world will know you are my disciples, John 13:34. Often, as Catholics, we can be very good at serving our neighbor elsewhere, but forgetting our neighbor right next to us at Mass. Maybe someone desperately needed a word of encouragement, a friend to give them hope. How can we love our neighbor when we don't even know who they are? We cannot grow and our spiritual life will be hindered if we make no effort to be one body. And without the witness of our love for each other, the world will never know Jesus Christ. This is the third point. Find a way to get to know people you pray with at the Eucharist. Finally, there's a third profile of the Church in the Gospel. 
the last discourse of Jesus before he goes to the cross as resonances of the temple and of Jewish weddings. The bridegroom would first be betrothed to his bride. He would then go and prepare a house for the bride and then come back, wed the bride, and take her in grand procession to his new house. Jesus tells his beloved apostles, he goes away to prepare a place for them, a place no one can steal, no one can take away. He is the divine bridegroom, addressing his bride. The cross is where Jesus wed us, and on the last day he will take us in grand procession to the place he has prepared for us. The scriptures frequently speak of the love of God in marital terms, God was Israel's bridegroom. But in the New Testament, this love is expressed personally, we are not just loved as one body, we are loved individually. Marriage is the closest analogy to express this love which as it is so intimate and so personal. To be baptized is to discover the personal love of Christ, as your bridegroom, for both women and men. This mystical union with Christ, the bridegroom is at the heart of what we find ourselves to be, in the church. This is not simply a privilege of the apostles, it is the birthright of every Christian. This is what the saints discovered. Teresa of Avila would write her mature work called The Interior Castle, speaking of seven dwelling places, as the soul progresses into deeper intimacy and union with Christ. The final dwelling place she would call a betrothal. From then onwards the person walked as another Christ on earth. They were progressively and already living the life of heaven. This is the final point. To begin to discover the love of Christ for ourselves through each other and in our prayer. This is the church. We live in service to the world, in fellowship with each other and in mystical union with Christ our Bridegroom. One day we will see Him face to face. We will be united with Him and all we have known on earth. And our joy will know no end. (laughs) 